The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips show, everyone. Happy to have you back. Byron White here. I'm here with my guest today, Dave Levinsky. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thanks, Byron. Right on. You're the founder and uh, uh, leader behind a company called GrowThink. Tell us a little bit about GrowThink and more specifically the opportunity to uh, start your own business with other people's money. Sign me up for that. <laughs> sure. So we started GrowThink, me and my partner, in 1999. Uh, we've had the pleasure since then of helping over 500,000 entrepreneurs to start, grow, and or sell or exit their company. The focus has always been business planning and capital raising, helping entrepreneurs you know, develop a plan they can use to raise funding and grow their business. And I think what you're referring to a little bit about is something called uh, you know, crowdfunding, which is one of the, the newer ways to you know, get other people to fund your business and, and raise a lot of capital pretty quickly. I'm entrenched in the in the crowdsourcing model myself with a company we started called Writer Access uh, a while ago. So we'll talk more about that. But tell us some of the some of the fundamentals, you know, of of crowdsourcing, particularly when it comes to raising money. How does your company help facilitate that? And maybe you could help uh, us better understand some of the risks and or exciting opportunities that they come with uh, raising money in a crowd. Sure. So. Specifically, you know, our core focus has been, you know, helping entrepreneurs develop their, their business plans. And <clears throat> whether you're going to raise funding from you know, angel investors, bank loans, or uh, cr- the crowd, you really should have start by having a business plan in place. And the business plan, uh, fundamentally, you really need the plan to sh- understand how your business is going to grow, how much money you need, where you're going to use the money, and what your milestones are. So, you know, most entrepreneurs, particularly first-time entrepreneurs, don't understand that funding is a progression. Most first-time entrepreneurs think, hey, I'm going to raise X dollars, and then I'll never need to raise money again. That's generally not the case. Most businesses raise money along the way as they grow. So you really need to start with the business plan to understand how much money you need right now and how far uh, that's going to take you. So once you have that business plan in place, which is something that my firm does help with, you can look at multiple forms of funding, one of which, as you mentioned, is is crowdfunding. What we do in terms of crowdfunding is we offer a a program uh, called crowdfundingformula.com to teach entrepreneurs how to raise crowdfunding dollars. And so crowdfunding is not something you can really do for somebody. You have to do it yourself. And the reason why you have to do it yourself is that the vast majority of the funding is going to come from people that you know meet you online and they're going to invest in you because they like you and what you're doing. So even if I'm the, the greatest entrepreneur in the world, yes, it would help you if I introduce you and I give you my credibility, but what really at the end of the day, someone's going to fund you because of you, not because of me. And so crowdfunding is really exciting uh, because it allows 
any entrepreneur to go out there and, and raise funding you know, from this vast internet market or crowd. What types of models are you seeing get funded out there right now? In other words, what is my greatest chance for success and developing a, a business model uh, to, 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 to find a path to getting funded? Um, it's a great question. Can, can, I, can I ask if you're talking about funding in general or, or crowdfunding specifically? Um, either, really. Um, but uh, I, I'd, I'd say probably in, in general, let's start with that. And then let's, let's, answer, let's answer it both ways. I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear both the answers, actually. Sure. sure. Uh, sorry sorry to, to put the tough question back, back on you. So if you're looking for, for funding for your business, and the bottom line is putting yourself in the shoes of uh, the person or, in, or firm that's going to fund you. So what is that person or firm thinking? If they are a bank or a debt institute, they're thinking, will this person be able to repay the loan with interest? If they are an angel investor, venture capitalist, et cetera, looking for equity, their goal is, you know, can you take my dollars and turn them into a whole bunch more. Can you, you know, give me a 10x return? Can I give you a, $100 in, or, or $1,000 and you give me $100,000, et cetera? And so the name of the game there is figuring out your risk profile and how do you mitigate or minimize the risk. So what do you need to do to give the investor or lender the highest likelihood that they're going to get a return on their dollars or get their their, their loan back with interest. And so really any type of venture can do that, but depending on your type of venture, depends on the type of capital you go after. <laughs> For example, if you are a more um, traditional business, like a brick and mortar store, where your chance of failure is lower, but your chance of becoming a billion dollar company is also lower, it's a lower risk, lower reward venture, <laughs> then traditional source of capital like a bank loan will be very appropriate. <laughs> Conversely, if you're a new you know, tech or software company where, sure, there's a likelihood that the company uh, fails, but there is also that likelihood that you're going to be you know, the next $100 million company in five years, then angel investors and venture capitalists may be extremely interested in what you're doing. So with those more traditional sources of funding, debt and equity, any type of venture uh, can get those types of funding. The key is figuring out the risk, the risk profile of your venture and subsequently who the right investors are. Now, to attract those investors, what you're really trying to do is to prove to them that they're going to make money investing in you. And the number one way to do that is to prove uh, what I call your unique success factor. So most people think, oh, I have this great idea. I'm going to get funding. That's not the case. So Great ideas, that's par for the course. You need to start with a great idea, and now you need to prove why you're uniquely qualified to succeed. Uh, how are you going to execute on that idea? What is it about the idea? What is it about the market size? What is it about you and your management team? What is it about your existing or proposed customers? What is it about your partners? So you got to figure out what is it that's going to make you and your organization uniquely qualified to succeed, and that's going to give the investor lender the, uh, the confidence that you're the right, you know, uh, horse to bet on, the right jockey to bet on. And really, it's an in, in investing. It's about, you know, it's about the people. It's about in, in vetting, investing on the, in the jockey, the people, the masses who run the company, not just the idea, which we, which we call the horse. Now, with specifically with regards to crowdfunding, 
I'm sorry. Do you have any questions on that? Or you want me to go to no? That was that was perfect. Go into crowdfunding now as as a follow up to this to that sure. answer. So for crowdfunding, traditionally, or or traditionally for crowdfunding, it's only we're only dating back uh, one or two years now. But traditionally, crowdfunding raises have been much smaller dollar amounts. So if you're looking for you know half a million dollars, uh, crowdfunding is not really right for you. However. There have been two companies that I know of now that have raised over a million dollars in crowdfunding. That's really not the norm. That's sort of like the, the viral video. When it takes off, it takes off. And when some crowdfunding raises take off, they, they really do take off into the millions of dollars. But the vast majority of crowdfunding raises are into the ten to $25,000 range. So you got to look. If you're looking for crowdfunding, you got to look at, you know, can your business really grow with ten to twenty five thousand dollars. So if you're looking to start a restaurant, you know, twenty five thousand dollars is not going to do you any good. You know, you can spend a lot more than that just in building out the restaurant. You can't it's not enough money. However, if you are looking to start um you know create a product where your development cost may be ten thousand dollars and you could, you know, produce, you know, two thousand, you know, products for another ten thousand dollars, then for twenty thousand dollars you, know, you could build you know, a lot of products and start selling and start generating revenue, then crowdfunding is perfect. So I like looking at crowdfunding for ventures where with a relatively small amount of funding, you can produce a product or service. So one, another thing with crowdfunding is you know, angel investors, I'm sorry if I'm jumping around, if you have a new tech idea, you can go to an angel investor and say, hey, I need half a million dollars to build the technology so then we can present it to venture capitalists and raise $10 million more. That's not how it works with crowdfunding. With crowdfunding, you're looking at the funding being you know, individual consumers that want to you know, buy your product now. So they're looking at, hey, I'll give you $100 or $50 now if you give me your $100 product in six months when you develop it. And that's where it's much more of a shorter term, you know, less money that you can immediately put to work in creating output. Put, that output being a product or service that the person that funded you can use. Thanks for the answer. <clears throat> Tell us what the state of the union with the overall funding market is. The you know at, at this time. Sure. So um, I'm sorry. Uh, do you want me to talk about crowdfunding or fun- I'll talk about funding in general and then crowdfunding again if that's okay. There you go. Perfect. So so the state of the union of 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 funding in general is that funding is always challenging. So I was helping companies raise funding you know, back in 1999 and in the internet heyday before the bubble burst. And everyone looking back says, oh, raising funding was so easy there. They gave you know, funding out to you know, gesundheit.com and all these dot-com companies. And that is true, but it's also not true because some of, the, some of those com- companies were, most of those companies were run by extremely sophisticated people. And, you know, I work with a dot-com company, which wasn't a great idea, but the, you know, the founder was a, a Wharton MBA graduate. They had a Caltech you know, PhD on the team. It was a bad business idea that raised funding, but they had high-quality people in the venture. So it has always been extremely challenging to raise funding. So when times are good, yes, there's more uh, money flowing, but there are more entrepreneurs and business owners going after that funding, so it's more competitive. When times are bad, there's less funding, but there's also less entrepreneurs competing for that funding. So having been in this game of raising funding 
uh, since 1999 for a long time now, you know, it's always been challenging but not impossible. That's always been the name of the game. And so once again, the key to the game is <laughs> figuring out the multiple sources of funding that are available to your business. And one of my favorite examples is Google because everyone looks at Google as <laughs> this massive success story. Now, how did Google receive its initial funding? Well, Google's initial funding was credit cards, like so many other businesses before it, um, like Under Armour, another great example, credit card financing. Google started, spent $35,000 in credit card financing uh, to create its, its first data center. <laughs> then it went and raised angel funding. Then it got um, bank loans. Then it got venture capital funding, uh, multiple rounds of venture capital funding, and then it went public. Along the way, Tons of venture capitalists said, no, this is a bad idea. You're never going to compete with Lycos and AltaVista and, and Yahoo, etc. And that's just the nature of funding. What Google did is they started with the easier source of funding to, to access, like credit cards, worked their way up to Angel and, and ultimately VC, which is a very challenging form of capital to raise. So you got to figure out what the right form of capital is for you to raise. And that, once again, has always been the case. So we can actually go way back now to the 1980s when there was a young entrepreneur named Kenneth Call, where we, who we probably all know of today as the great you know, shoe entrepreneur Kenneth Call that, did, that does over a billion dollars a year in revenue now. And Kenneth Call had no financing, was on the verge of bankruptcy. And what he did is he found what we call vendor or supplier financing. He found a, an Italian shoe manufacturer that wanted new business. He got them to manufacture hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of shoes for him, essentially on consignment. They gave him the shoes. He didn't pay for them until he sold them to customers, and that's how he financed his company. So it's always about figuring out what are the easier sources of funding that you can raise now, and then you raise multiple forms of that easy funding, and then over time you raise more and more funding because as you become a successful company, it's much easier to raise funding. So, you know, a company like Google now can go to any bank in the world, and of course they want to lend money to Google uh, and, and other companies like that. So that's the state of funding for the traditional funding market. In terms of the state of the market for crowdfunding, there are essentially three types of crowdfunding. There is donation-based crowdfunding, which is um, basically the same as donations, getting the crowd or the, the general internet crowd to donate to your venture. That's been around forever. Then there is rewards-based crowdfunding, where, which is what I alluded to before, which is when you say, hey, give me $50 now, and for that, I'm going to give you this reward. And that reward is generally your product or service, which is worth more than that $50 per se at a later date. Pay me $50 now for my $80 product that I'm going to give you when I create it in six months. And the final type of crowdfunding is known as equity-based crowdfunding. And equity-based crowdfunding is a type of crowdfunding which today is not legal in the United States because there are, it's still governed by the SEC and there are some limitations about there. But hopefully by the end of this year, it will be legal as it goes through the Senate. So the, the state of crowdfunding is actually in flux right now as equity-based crowdfunding uh, is, is being reviewed. It was already passed um, by, by the House and we're waiting on review by the Senate. And on the last subject, equity-based funding, the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, for example, is a place uh, to uh, to enter a market for equity-based funding, kind of in a crowd, sort of microtransactions. Is that correct? Could you tell us a little bit about your take on that? 
Uh, yeah, I mean the Frankfurt Exchange. I, I'm I I don't want to claim to be an, an expert in that, but they're they're basically the the model there is going to the Frankfurt Exchange. You can also go to the Toronto Exchange and and other exchanges, um, or you know the over the counter bulletin board. And basically, you basically take your company public, so there's a liquid market there that people can buy and sell your shares, and you can raise money that way. Now. By going through the Frankfurt Exchange, you're basically, you know, you're bypassing the, the United States uh, SEC, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission, because you are registering there. So the issue with equity-based crowdfunding is, is you know, the oversight of the SEC. So if you go to Frankfurt Exchange or Toronto Exchange, you have to comply with those exchanges. And one of the keys with any of those exchanges is there's generally a very large cost to get on that exchange. I think for Frankfurt... I've heard companies, you know, charging you know hundred thousand dollars for an entrepreneur to get listed on the Frankfurt Exchange. Now, once you're listed, clearly it's easier to raise funding and going to the to the crowd because now you can more legally raise equity funding from the crowd. But most entrepreneurs don't have that, you know, hundred thousand dollars or very large or, or relatively large investment just to get listed so that they can raise capital in that method. And what's the probability of success in that atmosphere? Because uh, you know you were talking penny stocks here, really. I mean, as as, as a concept, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 what's what's the what's the what's the probability for success? And, and can you take your company public, as you suggest, for say fifty or a hundred thousand um, dollars? You know, and and then how much can you raise? Do, do you have any benchmarks there? Because it is really exciting with what's happening in that marketplace. Well, in terms of the benchmarks. I don't have a benchmark on the on the on the Frankfurt Exchange. I do know that one of the rewards-based crowdfunding platforms, Kickstarter, um, they released their statistics from last year, showing that 46 percent, nearly 50 percent of of entrepreneurs who listed their venture on Kickstarter uh, successfully received the funding that they were seeking, which is phenomenal. I mean, 46 percent. If you look at angel funding, I believe last year's numbers are about 13%. You look at bank loans, it's well less than that. You look at venture capital, we're now well under 1% of entrepreneurs seeking venture capital <laughs> raises. So that 46% number is phenomenal. Now, the name of the game here, when you're talking about marketing your equity uh, or selling your equity and raising funding, it's, it's marketing. This is a marketing game here. You are marketing the equity of your company to individual investors. So it's about, you know, can, are you a great marketer? And so, yeah. it, you know, when you look at the success, it's going to be based on your ability to market. Now, what I love about this, particularly for an early stage company, is that it's a great test. You know, if you can't get people to fund your company via crowdfunding, that might mean, A, that you're a bad marketer, or B, that you have a you know, bad product or service that nobody wants. Either way, you're saving yourself a whole lot of heartache by learning up front that, you can't sell this thing and, and stopping your venture before you even really start it. Let's take a little quick station break here, uh, but this is fascinating stuff and, oh. and really, really key stuff. So back in just a minute, everybody. Uh, back with Dave in one, one minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. The flamethrower. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Dave. Thanks for being on the show today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Dave, tell us a little bit about the best time to to consider hitting the investor marketplace in terms of the growth of your company. Sure. Great question as always. So, Raising funding is about risk and, and return. And I started mentioning this before. And so what you want to do is you want to prove to investors and lenders that there's as little risk as possible in your venture. So it's what I call, uh, best way for me to explain it is a concept that I call risk mitigating milestones. So what are your risk mitigating milestones or the events that when you accomplish them, reduce the risk of your business failing. So the example I give a lot is a restaurant. So let's say that you and I want to go into business and we have the idea to start an Italian restaurant. So right now, an outsider looking at this says, hey, there's a lot of risk in this business. I don't know if it's going to succeed. Now let's take, let's accomplish one risk mitigating milestone. We name the restaurant. Then we find a location. Then we get all of our permits. Then we build out the restaurant. Now you can see right now, we already have a built restaurant. A lot of the risk has been reduced. Then we hire and train our staff. Then we open the doors and we get to $10,000 a month in revenue. Now, once again, 
the reduce the risk of the venture succeeding now is is much greater. Now we grow to twenty five thousand. Now we grow to fifty thousand in monthly revenue. Now what is the risk profile of our business? It's virtually zero. We have a very successful business. So you really need to map out what the risk mitigating milestones are for your business. And then you need to use that to figure out the right forms of funding and the right time, going back to your specific question, the right time to raise funding. You don't want to raise funding too early when you haven't accomplished any of your risk mitigating milestones because there's too much risk. Now, it's not to say what I do like to do is I do like to go out early to investors and show them my plan and tell them, this is my plan. I don't need you to fund me now. I want you to fund me in six months when I do this, 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 and this. What's very interesting in terms of how humans are and how investors are is that if I came to you and met you the first time six months from today and I said, Hey, Brian, look what I just did. I just accomplished this over the last six months. You'd say, okay, great job. Very interesting. However, if today I told you, hey, listen, here's what I'm going to do over the next six months. And you say, okay, very interesting. Let's go see you do it. And then I come back to you in six months and say, remember I told you I was going to do this? I just did it. I accomplished it. That latter situation gives a lot more credibility. Not only do you now know me for six months, but I did what I said I was going to do. And that proves I can execute. That's one of the key factors in why somebody invests in somebody is the fact that they can execute. So I always like going to investors and lenders early, even before possibly I need the funding, to create those relationships, tell them what I'm going to do, and create that trust and rapport. And then I like to figure out, once again, using my risk-mitigating milestones, (laughs) what is the right time to raise capital? Clearly, if you can't achieve any of your milestones without capital, you need to raise funding immediately. If you already have an existing business and you're growing your business, <clears throat> one of the key factors now is going to be the valuation. Valuation referring to how much your company is valued at, how much it's worth, and if you're giving up equity funding, you know, if somebody writes you a check for $1 million, you know, is your company worth you know, $9 million today, in which case $1 million would take you know, 10% of your company, or is it worth $99 million today, in which case $1 million would take only 1% of your company. So what you want to do if you're looking for equity funding for your company and it's already established, you want to build it up as much as possible to get that valuation as high as possible so you give up less percentage of your company in equity. Great advice. Tell us a little bit about the famous deck that one needs to put together when they're out pitching their business. Um, you know, whether it be a deck or, or, a, or a sheet, uh, as it's often been described. Tell us what you need to do to make a case to raise money. Sure. First off, I, I like when you, when you mention deck because, you know, one of the, one of the uh, mistakes that the, the, the first-time entrepreneur makes when they're, or the entrepreneur looking for capital first time, you know, they think everything is based on, on, on the business plan. The business plan is important, but the biggest goal of the business plan is to show that you're professional and to get, use the business plan to get the meeting, the face-to-face meeting with the investor or the lender, because investors and lenders don't invest virtually, except for crowdfunding, which, which they do. And that's why crowdfunding, generally, they're much, much smaller checks from individuals uh, versus any angel investor or venture capitalist writing any sort of sizable check is going to want to meet you <laughs> face-to-face so to make sure that they're investing in, in a quality person. And that's why the deck, and you said sheet, 
I don't like sheet. I like a deck. I want to take people, uh, investors and lenders, <laughs> through a very polished presentation that leads them down the exact path I want them to go through so that they buy my product. And my product being the equity of my company or or issuing debt to me. So this deck, uh, really what I want to go through, uh, through the slides, is I want to start out by a very succinct definition of you know what my company is and what my company does. Next, I want to go through what we call the market pain. You know, what is the pain that our customers are enduring right now that our pro- that our product or service solves? Because great companies solve great pains. And in, when we look for venture capital, a lot of times we talk about is your pain and is your solution an aspirin? Does it just mask the pain or is it a cure? Does it solve the pain? And really we're looking for those cures because those cures become those great, great companies. Then in, in my deck, I want to really go through you know, what my plan is, how, you know, how, who my customers are, how am I going to acquire those customers through my marketing. I want to go through who my management team is, who are the people that are going to execute on this plan with me, what are their backgrounds, why are we uniquely qualified to succeed. And that's going to be the, the golden thread throughout my presentation is, is gr- this is a great idea. It solves a real pain. And here's why our team is uniquely qualified to execute on this venture and become a success. And then finally, going through the financials. You know, what's in it for the investor or lender? How they're going to make a return? How they're going to get their their or how they're going to get their, their money back? How much money uh, does the company need to grow? And what are those risk mitigating milestones? What can we do with X dollars? What can we do with Y dollars? And what the timeline is. Dave, I'm not sure what your opinion is or thoughts are, are in Shark Tank, but I'm, I'm a real big fan of Shark Tank. That is such a great show. Um, what's your take on, on that quick-formed presentations and investment decisions being made in a format like that where you're sort of showing your product, you're, you're taking a couple minutes to walk people through it? Can that possibly become uh, something in the future that, that raising money could actually be that simple? Well, I mean... Raising money actually is that simple. I mean, the, the, the hardest part <laughs> and the beauty of Shark Tank <laughs> is the hardest part is getting in front of people that can write you the check. Because mm-hmm. the screening, I can only imagine how many entrepreneurs apply to Shark Tank for you know, just a few that actually make it through and, and get on the show. And so <laughs> there's that massive screening process and often that screening process is the business plan, getting your business plan together, having people review the business plan, and figuring out from your business plan, are you worth spending that five minutes? But the key is, you know, five minutes with, with some with an individual like someone on, on Shark Tank that can write that big check, and that's invaluable. And that's really all you should need to have to present your business. I mean, we see commercials on TV that in 30 seconds do a great job in explaining what their you know, new product or or service does, and we, we obviously also see commercials that are 30 seconds that, that, that fail dramatically. And so I think you know five minutes should be plenty of time to present what it is you do, why you're uniquely qualified to succeed, and present some of your you know your your success factors. You know what you've done already that once again helps prove that you're going to succeed. What are the risk mitigating milestones you've already accomplished? Mm. In in conclusion, do you have any? key tips uh, for 
entrepreneurs, you know, a punch list, a, a quick hit list, a sanity checklist, <laughs> anything that you could help help entrepreneurs with as they as they think about the challenges of of their own businesses and and raising money and how to accelerate growth. Sure. First thing is you need a business plan. Period. Okay. Just the very process of writing your business plan or getting your business plan written will force you to gain clarity on what it is you're doing and what your action plan is. And secondly, in doing your business plan, you need to have a very clear, concise elevator pitch. And an elevator pitch is, you know, that 30 seconds on what it is your company does. And what I'd like, the, you know, that the sanity check that I, I want you to do is you should be able to go to a stranger and say, you know, here's what my company does in 30 seconds or less and say, hey, can you repeat that back to me? And if they can't repeat that back to you in a clear, concise way, then you've done a poor job. You need your business concept to be crystal clear what you do or you will never succeed in raising funding because people need to be able to understand what you're doing quickly, clearly, and get it. So I really want you to go out there and tell people about your business and make sure they can repeat it back to you. Too many entrepreneurs are too afraid to do that. They're, they're too afraid. Their idea is so proprietary. They can't tell anybody. And those are not the entrepreneurs that succeed. You need to tell people about what you're doing. Terrific. And do you have any thoughts on, you know, how big a deck should be? You talked a lot about a deck. You like a deck. A deck is, is what you present to, say, a VC when you do get that face-to-face meeting. How big should a deck be? How many slides? Um, and and how, how can the deck be used as, as a catalyst? Sure. My friend, uh, my friend Guy Kawasaki, great, great entrepreneur, has his 10-20-30 PowerPoint rule. A PowerPoint deck should be more, no more than 10 slides, take no more than 20 minutes to give, and should never use below 30-point font. I think that is a stringent guideline, and, and I don't expect you to hit that, but 10 slides, I would go up to 15 slides. I think you have up to 20 or 30 minutes to present, but I still would have the, the meat of your presentation only take 10 to 15 minutes and allow 10 to 15 minutes of Q&A, and don't pack your slides with tons of little text. You're, you basically want, you know, Guy Kelsak with 30-point text. You want lo- less words, pictures. You should know your business so well that when you see the picture on the screen and a couple of bullet points, you can tell the story. You know, people watching your presentation want to watch you. They want to learn. They don't want to read text on the slide. Great advice. Who do you want to get a hold of you, and how do you want them to get a hold of you? <laughs> um, who I want to get a hold of me are you know, serious entrepreneurs, not somebody that has an idea for a business that's not willing to, to work hard because anyone thinks that, that, it, that it's easy is not going to succeed. So I like serious entrepreneurs. Uh, individuals that are looking to start a company or looking or individuals that have started a company and want to take it to the next level, either through raising funding or through a real strategic growth plan on how to do that. Those are people that we love to work with. We have you know, companies that we've worked with that we start that start with four people that now have over 200, uh, sorry, over 2000 employees that are generating hundreds of millions of dollars. Those are the type of entrepreneurs that we just love to work with because we can really help them and see them succeed. And if any entrepreneur, entrepreneur wants to, to learn more about me and my company, I definitely encourage them to visit our website at growthink.com. Uh, just the word grow, G-R-O-W, think, T-H-I-N-K.com. One word, www.growthink.com. Terrific. Dave, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Great time. 
Right on. Until next week, everybody, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, particularly when it comes to raising the money you need to grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. 